Science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Isaac Asimov once said, individual science fiction stories may seem as trivial as ever to the blinder critics and philosophers of today. But the core of science fiction, its essence has become crucial to our salvation, if we are to be saved at all. Live long and prosper. Sad feeling about this. This is going to get pretty interesting. Define interest. Oh God, oh God, we're all going to die? Only try to realize the truth. There is no spoon. Did I fall asleep? For a little while. You are listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. And now, from the end of the universe, bringing you the latest in science fiction movies and television shows, here are your hosts. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott. And I am Miles P. McLaughlin. Hello. And we have a phenomenal show for you. We're going to give you tons, tons of different news here. But the focus of our main show toward the end will be, of course, Harry Potter. Now, because Miles and I do not consider ourselves people who love Potter, uh, we got a guest on the show. Mm-hmm. And, um, and her name? Her name is uh, Melissa Lewis. And uh, she is a fanatic. She uh, is a Potterphile. Absolutely. Absolutely. A lover of things, all things Potter. She dresses up for the book releases. Mm-hmm. She goes to midnight showings. She is there. She has seen Potter, Potter twice, and the current one, and is going to see it again at IMAX. So she is what we call dedicated. Mm-hmm. Anyways. We want, we want to start off, first of all, by thanking all of you out there for listening to our premiere episode under the name of the Sci-Fi Diner, our 25th uh, episode overall. And we just want to thank a bunch of you here. Uh, and these are just a, a few of the people that have contributed to uh, the success of last week's podcast. We want to thank Miracle Laurie, who retweeted our live sh- our live interview. Also, we didn't ask who retweeted and posted our show on their site. Uh, they did get some. We did get some feedback about the show on the site, Miles. Interesting. Yeah, and uh, you know, and it's kind of good to get this feedback. Uh, one person had responded to the quality of the interview, and, and by that, I'm sure what they meant was we recorded this at shore leave. Yeah, the sound quality. I mean, we didn't have the luxury of being in a room together or talking on the phone. We were in a restaurant with people coming in and out. I mean, it's very different than uh, us recording with. Um, you know the guy, the guys from Star, uh, Starship Farragut, are mm-hmm. uh, recording with Mike Schilling from Shorely when we did those interviews, yeah. uh, a much clearer interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you sit in a restaurant, just kind of chit chatting with, you know, like we did with Miracle, you're going to get a lot of background noise. Yeah. And um, you know, we actually picked the restaurant because we thought it would be quieter. Who knew? Yeah, who knew? And um, so whatever, because the other times we were there was kind of low key, but it was pretty packed Sunday morning. Sunday Wells breakfast. You know. It was. It was breakfast, and you know, you know, whatever. With live and learn. It is, and uh, someone else had commented that we put the interview at the end of the show, and uh, you know, first fifty minutes were something else. But uh, someone else actually responded on their site by saying, "Yeah, but then a lot of your other shows do the same thing." 
heard, I've heard done both ways. I oh, yeah. I, I don't think there's a hard and fast rule. In fact, that. A bra- bra- yeah, Browncoat uh, Tab said most podcasts have an interview as a part of the regular episode and complaining that it, about it is kind of like complaining about the Today Show droning on when they have a special guest at the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very true. Uh, I, I listened to Slice of Sci-Fi. The last 20 minutes, half an hour of the show is the interview. First, you're, you're hearing them ramble on about the news and about mm-hmm. different things, really similar to what we do in this show mm-hmm. uh, as far as that goes. I don't think it's a big deal. That's not for me, at least. Uh, by the way, we didn't ask uh, the other interview. There were two interviews that were launched about Miracle Laurie last week. Yeah. Ours was one of them, and then Echo Alert also did theirs. And if you really want a real cl- crystal clear interview, listen to theirs. It's, 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 they actually did a good job. It covers a lot of the same information we covered. Um, but they, they actually are really good people, and I've chatted with them a little bit um, on Twitter. And then uh, I had called into their show a few times as well, and they do a – podcast called echo alert exclusively on dollhouse okay I'll check it so, out. Uh, and they do really good do you want to give the next one right well a special thanks to televixen on on twitter um she is uh one of my friends on uh, trek space um i had i had posted on trek space's uh main page that we had interviewed miracle laurie and she's a dollhouse fan and so she checked it out and uh, she was uh thankful for that and in the sci-fi world, what she does is she goes to conventions, does interviews. She's on, she's on DVD Geeks. Um, she's done interviews at the Creation Entertainment, I believe it is. Um, so, um, but she was nice enough to say something on her Twitter account that about our show. So she gave us a, a, a free plug, which was nice. Yeah, and Dayton Ward gave us a plug. Yeah, he, yeah. On um, one or two episodes of Trekcast, um, they interviewed Dayton Ward about because he's been doing the convention circuit for a while, and they. They asked him at the short leave convention, did they meet any Trekcast listeners? And he mentioned myself. So right. uh, that was, And then he mentioned our podcast. So, uh, Dayton, thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was uh, pretty cool to hear that. Chronic Rift played our promo this way last week, and so that was kind of cool to hear that on their thank show. You. And uh, we've, of course, been corresponding with John S. Drew mm-hmm. you know, here on, here on uh, I know, on Skype for me, but then on Twitter a little bit as well as for you and Facebook. Mm-hmm. So we just want to thank everyone who has contributed to the, uh, responded to the trivia. We had literally 10, 20, uh, I believe it was like 20 or 30 people respond to the trivia and, and only two people got it right. Well, and so that's kind of it. So with that, why don't we get into the trivia a little bit? Okay. And we'll move into the trivia. And uh, what we're going to do is before we talk about the Miracle Laurie trivia that uh, or the Dollhouse trivia that we're going to be giving you, let's talk about uh, trivia from two weeks ago. Right. We had asked about um, uh, Artie. Artie from Warehouse 13 plays what character in uh, in uh, an episode of Star Trek Next Generation? And the uh, and really, Don, ben- Don Bender answered this question correctly. He did. And uh, the answer was what? Um, it was called The, the Collector, and uh, it's where he, his character steals data uh, because he's a, he's a collector of... Um, Rare items. Uh, I believe the character's name was Faja. This was uh, third or fourth season of uh, Next Gen. It's sick that you know that, you know, Miles. Um, if this was Trekcast, I would deserve a nerd alert. You definitely would deserve a nerd alert. Mm-hmm. Nerd alert, if I can speak. All right. Um, well, let's move on to our next question. And this question was uh, had a great prize with it an autographed picture. Uh, Miracle Laurie autographed a picture of her from Dollhouse for us at Shore Leave. And uh, the question was what? We had asked last week um, 
what uh, character on Dollhouse was a runner-up for a, a character on, on uh, Firefly. It, we wanted to ask what was the act, actor's name and what character was this uh, person right. runner-up for. Right. And if you listen carefully to our interview... The answer was what? Miracle Laurie. Yeah, and she was up for the role of... Kaylee. Yep, so she was up for Kaylee's role. And uh, we had uh, someone, uh, one, just a couple people on Twitter said, well, that's easy, Alpha was Wash. Which is true. I mean, he was. I mean, Alpha's a doll. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, he was not necessarily considered for the role. He he actually got the role. Right. We were so, right. So it was not him. And we had two people answer correctly. And our winner is Justin. And we will make sure to contact you uh, through. I believe Facebook. We got that through. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll contact you about that and uh, get it to you somehow. Right. So uh, Justin, you have a nice uh, autographed picture of Miracle Laurie. It's a a rare picture too. Yep, yep. it is. It's a it's a picture that actually uh, you don't see in any of the episodes. So, at least it's, it might be in some of the. It might be as in it, as a add in or a deleted scene or yeah. something like that. So, our trivia for next week. Let's do this. Well, first of all, uh, do we have anything else we need to talk about? No. Okay, I just kind of had that look. I was like, um, um, did I forget something? Oh no. But um, our trivia for next week. We are giving another prize. This is for uh, the prize of. Of a DVD, and it is the Justice League Justice on Trial, a cartoon version of it, the animated series Justice League. So, if you're into Justice League, uh, this is a question you will want to answer. Now, it is Harry Potter related, so Miles, go ahead. Okay, so if you're a Potter file or follow Harry Potter for any length of time, your question is uh, where was Daniel Radcliffe when he learned that uh, he had uh, uh, won the role of Harry Potter? Yes. Ooh, that's a great question. Yes. You so definitely have to be a Potter file to know that. You need to know your Harry Potter. You do, you do. And if you want to answer that question, you can call into the show at one eight 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 five zero eight four three four three. You can also email us at zogpod at gmail.com or contact me on Twitter. That's Herzog, H-E-R-T-Z-O-G, or Miles. Uh, I have a, a Twitter account, uh, Son of Wharf on uh, Twitter, and I'm also on Trekspace. Uh, uh, go by Son of Wharf also. And uh, so... Call in. Mm-hmm. We have a DVD waiting for you. Yeah. Why do gold like human hosts so much? What is the universal language? When will the Java be free? Where will the Stargate take us next? How does Nakoda really work? Who will ask, answer, and discuss these and other questions? The Fifth Race, a Stargate SG-1 podcast. Find us online at thefifthracepodcast.com. Sci-fi news. We're going to start off with a 10 minutes of sci-fi TV. We're going to try and make this about a half an hour, so it'll be 10 minutes of sci-fi TV, 10 minutes of sci-fi movies, and 10 minutes of DVD news. And so if we don't have much news in one of the categories, we might stray a little bit longer in one of the others, but we are timing ourselves to see if we can do this. 
So, in news, in the sci-fi TV world, uh, the fourth episode of sci-fi's new original series, Warehouse 13, uh, recorded a new series-high audience. Now, this, of course, was one of the highest debuting shows uh, since 2006 for sci-fi, and it has continued to grow. So, thoughts in this, mile? Um Makes me happy. I, I love this show. Did I you know. watch this week's episode? I, I did. Don't tell me about it. Okay. I'm about halfway through and then Chris and I need to watch it. Spoiler yeah. alert. No, just kidding. No, yeah. Spoiler alert. This is how it ends. I'm going to kill you, Miles. I'm going to kill you. Um, but it's, it's doing really well. Mm-hmm. And uh, this bodes well for that show sticking around for a little bit. Yeah. If they continue along that vein. I, I, th- I think the episodes keep getting better and better. And so um, I, I think the show has a good future. Yep. True Blood got renewed for a third season. Season and what's amazing about this? Well, this is on HBO. And, it's uh, an HBO. Mm-hmm. It's about vampires. Yep, and uh, they're only a month into the second season. Most shows do not renew toward the end. Well, HBO must think they have a winner. Well, and they do. It continues. It, it has. It gets. There's popular. It's. Uh, it's ratings are really high for an HBO show. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of talk about it. I was just listening to the Bite Club. This new po- it's a podcast about vampires, right? Okay. And I was introduced to it uh, through another show that I listened to. And I'm not into vampires, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I listened to it because of this other show. And I kind of I chatted with the girl on Twitter about her podcast a little bit. And it was just interesting. Um, it, they were talking about True Blood and how much that – there's such a there's such a movement. If you look up True Blood on Twitter, there's such a movement behind this show. There's such an online presence behind it. Uh, and plus, you can get season one now on DVD, and that makes it even more accessible. Like, you can Netflix it if you really wanted to. Mm-hmm. So, but, do you want to do the next one? Sure. Um, in Battlestar news, uh, uh, not really Battlestar news, but um, Battlestar's uh, Jimmy Bamber, um, known as uh, Lee Adama, or uh, he Apollo. He, Apollo was his call name, right? His call sign was Apollo. Um, he is going to be joining the cast for uh, the Dollhouse uh, uh, second season premiere. Yeah, for the premiere, so which is really cool. I'm excited to see him in Dollhouse. Another Battlestar alumni. Yeah, you know, here we are. We have Hilo and you know, and uh, now Apollo. So yeah, it's, it's great. Mm-hmm. It's really good to see that. Torchwood Children on Earth, of course, uh, aired all of last week. And uh, we had mixed reviews from people that have got contacted. One guy, startled Rhino, kind of asked, "What did you think of Torchwood Children of Earth?" Uh, it was way too dark for me. I preferred the exuberance of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Now you don't watch either of these shows. Uh, no, no, I don't. Yeah. Now I did. I watched the Torchwood series, mm-hmm. and it was dark. It started off really good, grabbed my attention, and then toward the end, it just got just pretty depressing and dark. And was not a show that I really enjoyed. And I, t- I do like Torchwood overall as a series. And John Barrowman is a great actor. Mm-hmm. However, I just felt it ended kind of weak. Uh, Doctor Who Planet of the Dead, which aired this past Sunday, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Recommend it. Um, uh, you can Netflix it. It was just released this past Tuesday. So okay. we'll mention that a little bit later on. This is what I'm really looking forward to. Um, uh, ABC uh, is a new V. Uh, it impresses the Comic Con uh, goers. Um, uh, Big Paz, I was very impressed with the V pilot, better than I thought it would be. So, and the, the fact that you're impressing people at Comic Con, these people are critics. They're lovers of sci-fi. They go to Comic Con because they are absolutely ecstatic about sci-fi and the things that are happening. Mm-hmm. And they aren't just going to take any old show coming down the pike. Right. So it's good to see that we have some people that are interested. So in there, there's already interest in the V pilot now. I guess, and Comic Con is probably now one of the first places you test. If you're in the sci-fi comic uh, genre, 
was one of the first places you're tested. Yeah, I know they premiered they premiered the pilot for Human Target that's coming out. We mm-hmm. talked about that on a past show here, mm-hmm. uh, and you know it seems to be the place that you do that, or at least uh, at least one of the cons you do it that you mm-hmm. kind of premiere. Um, San Diego being the biggest, and so if you're right. going to premiere a show and you want the biggest backing, this is the one you do it at. Right? Sounds like I don't know. It sounds exciting. Oh, and, uh, you know, I'm, we, we talked about V before, and this is something that I'm interested in seeing and at least checking out. And hopefully it will hold my uh, attention. I think it will. It, it, I'm, very, I, I'm very impressed for the, what I saw the trailers. Yeah. And we have Caprica, of course. We finally have a de- debut date for this show. And uh, uh, we are told it will be January 22nd. So not that long. Um, less than six months. So. Mm. Very, very good. And uh, and then last piece of news we have under TV news, and this is not necessarily a TV show per se. Uh, it is that we have Halo 3, uh, ODST, which is a video game, due out September 22nd. And the reason we bring this up now is because of the cast behind it. Right. Uh, let me play this trailer and see if you can recognize any of the names, uh, any of the people behind the people in this trailer. Hey, rookie, you out there? Respond, that's an order. Give it up, Gunny. Oh, give up, huh? What if it were you down there? Just saying. I ain't dead. Oh, you're a piece of work, Romeo. Lance Corporal Koju Agri. Romeo. What the hell am I supposed to do with this inside a Covenant ship? Real lucky with the ladies to hear him tell it, but all I care about is his aim. His luck with targets at long range. Corporal Taylor Miles, Dutch. Now's one of those times. Pays to be the strong, silent type. Death's head slapped right on his helmet. Heavy weapon specialist. Time on Mars tends to give a man perspective. Amen. Private first class Michael Crespo. Mickey. My vote, hold up, wait for backup. Smart enough to be a pilot, trained to blow stuff up. This ain't a job you want to run. He's never seen a planet kick last. I hope he won't see it today. And the FNG, the rookie. Not exactly green. No ODST is. If I didn't think he could do the job, I wouldn't have him on my six. He doesn't say much, but I don't care. I just need him to listen. These are my men, and I'm dropping them straight into hell. Come on, Veronica. What could be more important than that carrier? My orders. Naval intelligence says we're taking down a Covenant carrier that's sitting pretty over New Mumbai. All right, so any anyone you recognize just from listening to that? Oh, um, just about everybody. I mean, yeah. Uh, Every single voice almost is someone that's notable that we've uh, that we're familiar with in some way, right? Uh, definitely heavy hitters in the sci-fi world. Yeah, and so uh, these people are. We of course have Nathan Fillion who plays Buck, mm-hmm. and he was of course Captain Mao from uh, Firefly, right. and, and now currently Castle, right? Yeah, he's he's, he's on Castle right now. And uh, and then we have <coughs> Adam Baldwin, who used to be Dutch. Uh, but uh, he was Jane Jane Cobb on Firefly, and right now he's um, he's in Chuck. He's doing Chuck right he's now. He's doing Chuck right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next one, uh, Alan Tudyk, um, another Firefly alumni. Um, he was Wash. Um, right now, probably most, a lot of people recognize him as uh, Alpha on, on Dollhouse. Oh, absolutely, another Dollhouse. And then we have Trisha Helfer, um, who plays Dare. She, yeah, she she was um, number six on Battlestar. Um, she was the hot one. She was the hottie. Yeah. And uh, she she was recently on um, Warehouse 13. I'm not sure what else. I mean, she's right now she's been making the run of a couple shows right now. Um, so yeah, a lot, lot of uh, heavy hitters from from uh, our favorite sci-fi shows in there. Yeah, well, 
Very awesome. Well, let's move on into our sci-fi movies and talk about some of them. The first first up on sci-fi movies, and this premiered at a Comic-Con, was the Tron sequel. Was named, The name was confirmed, and, uh, and also there were new images, and uh, there's a new trailer. And we're just going to play a clip of the music and kind of uh, talk over it because, I mean – in all honesty, this trailer is mostly just instrumental music, and you'll you'll hear the the roar of the bike as they uh, as they run through the game. And uh, especially if you're an old Tron fan, and you watched Tron, right? Actually, I didn't watch Tron. You never did. I did. I watched it in ninth grade, and it's really an homage to the past one. So here's just a little bit of that music from Tron. And uh, if you get a chance. I'm going to try and embed this trailer. It may not let me. You check it out on YouTube. It is it is really great. The cinematography looks phenomenal in the trailer. And um, and you have Jeff Bridges back. Yeah, he's back for the show. And uh, he, he played one of the original ones. So. And the CGI on it just looks pretty, pretty dang incredible. So. The original I, Tron was cutting edge first time. Yeah. And, and by the way, the name of it... Tron Legacy. And uh, so it'll be neat to see this, I don't know if you call it a Tron reboot, really, because it's not really a franchise per se, but it is definitely uh, a, a reintroduction to Tron to a generation who may not be familiar with Tron. A sequel, maybe. Uh, yeah, it is definitely a sequel, maybe more, more than anything here. So, yeah, we like that. We like that. You know what it is? Go ahead. All right. Um some of you know, well, everybody knows that uh, Sarah Palin recently uh, stepped down as governor of Alaska. And, uh, well, I guess uh, her speech has uh, been reinterpreted, I guess, so to, so to speak. Um, William Shatner did a presentation of that on uh, Conan O'Brien uh, recently. Yeah, and here we'll just play the clip for those of you who didn't hear it, and uh, hopefully we'll get sued. through nature's finest snow. Denali, the great one, soaring under the midnight sun. And then the extremes in the wintertime. It's the frozen road that is competing with all of its ice-fogged, frigid beauty. The cold, though, doesn't it split the chichacos from the sourdoughs? And then in the summertime, such extremes. Summertime about 150 degrees hotter than just some months ago and then just some months from now with fireweed blooming along the frost heaves and merciless rivers that are rushing and carving and reminding us that here mother nature wins and it is as throughout all alaska that big wild good life teeming along the road that is north to the future William Shatner. So William Shatner and Conan O'Brien. Number one, it's just it's just anytime you see William Shatner, it's just great to see him. Right, and, and he's done so much comedy. He's on. Is he? Is he in Boston? What was he? he yeah, Boston Legal. I don't know if the show is that show. Renewed. I don't think it's. I don't know if it's renewed or not. But he yeah. was on that for quite a few seasons. Right, right, right. And he actually did a really good role for that. It was a really good fit for him. Mm-hmm. And as far as the comedy goes, he got nominated for. Um, uh, an Oscar years ago when he did um, Third Rock from the Sun. So the, um, the man is funny. I mean, I know some people have criticized his acting, but 
He could do comedy. Yeah, he can. And you know, this is just one of the things that showed that uh, no matter what you think of Palin, it was funny just to kind of see that happen. Oh, oh, yeah. They actually did a second one that I don't have here. Mm-hmm. That it's you know just taking all our tweets from Twitter. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> so say, we talked a lot about Twitter tonight, but it's uh, it kind of you know works in there. So. I don't know. It's good. Well, in other Star Trek news, you had some other news for us about Star Trek. Yes. Uh, I did some reading. Um, uh, Zoe uh, Saldana and um, Zachary Quinto have confirmed that they have heard that, um, that, the, start, that the script for Star Trek Twelve is definitely uh, in the works um, and that um, uh, Orsi, uh, Kurtzman, and Abrams are working on it. So um, does it mean – doesn't necessarily say that Abrams will be directing the new film, but he ha- he definitely has his hand in the new film. So um, hopefully, in, in, in a, year, a couple of years, we'll get um, Star Trek Twelve uh, to see in the, on the big screen again. And absolutely, that we it'll be awesome to see that mm-hmm. definitely. And other, you had some other Star Trek news too. I mean, there's a there's right now there's an exhibit at the Franklin, right? A Star Trek exhibit, right? Right. Uh, if you are you know, in the you know, if you live in Pennsylvania or the East, Maryland, Coast, the East Coast, or you're into Philly anytime mm-hmm. soon. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, this may be a little short notice, but uh, Friday, um, Avery Brooks is going to be. Is that uh, like tomorrow? That's tomorrow. So oh, that that's really short. Notice. Extremely short notice. Um, I I has, I'll probably be up like late tomorrow night. So, mm-hmm. Why so not? Sorry. But. However, um, uh, George Takei is going to be there. Uh, it's a Thursday. I believe it's August the twentieth. I would, yeah, I guess it's a little bit more heads up. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. <laughs> so, um, you know, he, he's going to be there doing a presentation, um, and it's going to be very affordable. I think uh, it's twenty five bucks to get in. And I think that'll get you a picture with him and everything. So. Oh, which is cheaper than the conventions. That's for oh, sure. Yeah, definitely yeah. cheaper than conventions. So, I, want, I definitely want to go to the Franklin check out the Star Trek exhibit, but to just see uh, something from Star Trek there would be really cool. Let's move into Peter Jackson a little bit. Okay, Peter Jackson. Uh, Peter Jackson, of course, uh, most recently, or one of the most recent, he, he's doing uh, with District 9. It's coming out, and he's producing District 9, which comes out at the end of August. Okay. We're going to talk about that now, but let's talk about his, the rumor or the discussion about the prequel to King Kong being in development. Interesting. And what's your thoughts in this? Um, I saw the, the, the King Kong film with, uh, with Jack Black. It was okay. Um, I guess what I liked more was the cinematography than maybe the story. The story was was okay, but I thought you know New York back in the was okay, but I thought you know New York back in the thirties was. I mean the way it was depicted in the in the CGI, I thought that was really interesting. So excellent cinematog- cinematography for this film. Um, I don't know. The story was, was was kind of fell flat for me though. Yeah. So what do we do with a prequel? I mean, where does that go? I, I maybe they'll go to the island where King Kong and these dinosaurs and other creatures are. Maybe they'll be deal with something with that. Uh, maybe why there's dinosaurs and um, or why he's so big? Why I mean, so? I don't, you know, I don't know. Why, why so big gorillas? I mean. Uh, um, who knows where they're going to go with this? Yeah, well, now I know in the in the what is it, forties, fifties, and sixties, they had these serials. Didn't they do like a bunch of King Kong movies? Right. So I mean, this the fact that they're doing another one's not necessarily the issue. It's just I, I'm not sure where they're going to go with it. Like the story of King Kong is so iconic. Do you really pull together a budget to do another one? How will it be received? Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's Peter Jackson who'll do a competent job with making it look good. I'm just not sure where it goes. If you have any thoughts about where they might take the King Kong movie, that's talking about making, please give us a call at 1-88-508-4343 and we would love to hear your thoughts on it or you can just Twitter us and we gave you that information before. Mm-hmm. Um, but Comic-Con 
he he talked a little bit at Comic Con about the Hobbit, mm-hmm. uh, high interest to me because I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Right, and um, we have some release dates: December 2011 mm-hmm. and December 2012. Because oh. he likes he likes releasing his movies in December. Right, and a, y- a year after. Yep, a year after each other. So. These are obviously going to be filming simultaneously again. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of the highlights they said is that this uh, script is about three weeks away from being finished. No casting has been cited. Uh, however, uh, I think some of the regular characters will be back. I think Gandalf, uh, uh, Elrond, and uh, Gollum are going to be back as reoccurring characters. It would make sense. Right. I can't see why they wouldn't do it. Um, and um, oh, who else? Uh, that the movie is going to be... Uh, that both movies are going to be take place about The Hobbit. I guess there was rumors earlier on, I didn't hear these, where the first book was going to be about The Hobbit and the second one was going to bridge The Hobbit and The Fellowship. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're doing that, uh, at least not according to him. And um, let me see here. That's about it as far as The Hobbit goes. I don't know anything else. I will okay. talk more about it. Uh, one other piece of movie news. If you're going to see G.I. Joe, not this weekend, but next weekend around the 7th. And we, we want to hear what your thoughts on it. I'm going to try and get to see it that weekend. I know you're going to be gone that weekend right. when it's coming out. I'm going to try and get to see it somehow. Maybe I'll con Don into going with me or something. We want to hear your reviews, though. Give us a call. Again, at that number That number is 188-508-4343. And we want to hear your reviews on it. We'll play them on the show. And, uh, and it'll give us a show to talk about G.I. Joe a little bit uh, on it. When we both see it, that is. And our last 10-minute segment, let's talk about sci-fi, DVD, and video, and this won't be too long. We mentioned Doctor Who, Planet of the Dead, and uh, it actually looked pretty good. And uh, you did not see this, Miles, right? No, I didn't. It just came out in DVD, but of course BBC aired the aired it recently. Here's a clip of the trailer. Um, there's a clip of the trailer if I turn the audio on. How about that? Let's start there. End of the line. We're on another world. What is it? What's wrong? Doctor, tell me. Every single instinct of mine is telling me to get off this planet right now. Something is coming. Riding on the wind. They devour. What is it? Death. Doctor, it's coming for us! Run, 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 run! planet out there. Three suns, wormholes, an alien sun. That planet is nothing. I'm going to get you home. I promise. So, you know, it's a trailer. I know. I don't know. Did you watch any of the old Doctor Who? No, I I didn't. And and sometime I'll, you know, the the new new one does interest me, but there's just so much to watch right now. And absolutely. You really have, you do have to pick and choose. Mm -hmm. uh, You can only eat, sleep, and drink sci-fi so much, and there's a real life that we have to, uh, you know. Like going to work and, you know. Yep, and uh, deal with families. Mm -hmm. uh, These are all important things. We encourage that if you're listening that you do that and you don't – spend as much time watching TV as we do anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, Dollhouse was released this week in DVD News um, and uh, it did really well. Amazon number three in Amazon. 
that's that's phenomenal. And it's great for Dollhouse. And um, do you have it on your Netflix? I do. I, I I didn't see the first. I never saw the trail. I mean, not the trailer. The um, the uh, pilot. So uh, I'm going to watch that, and then I'll send that back, and then I'll I'll get the um, the fourth disc that, right. that has the unaired pilot. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to get. You know, next week. My wife is gone. We're gonna have to hook up one of those nights and just watch a bunch of them. Because I have, I, I, I have the original pilot which I watched. I actually ordered disc four first because I'd seen everything but Epitaph one mm-hmm. and uh, and the original pilot, which I use a lot of clips from that in the episodes that followed. Mm-hmm. So they didn't they didn't throw all of it away. But it was just it was really kind of cool to kind of see the stuff. And Epitaph one <laughs> is crazy. Oh wow, it's crazy, crazy, crazy. We're gonna have to get someone to. Uh, Talk about it. We're gonna have to talk about it sometime. But it, it was a good, good, good episode, and it kind of makes you wonder where they're gonna take season two. Well, if I'm thinking, if if the DVD sales are for season one are doing good now, I mean that, that's got to speak to Fox. Yeah, well, they have to. That has to make them say, okay, yeah, this show is worth. This, it's good we brought this on. Right, they, they brought first season two, and maybe yeah, because they're they're making money off those DVD sales. Anyway, Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And our last uh, piece of news is a movie that. I did not watch, although I kind of wanted to watch and didn't end up seeing it in the theater. But let me just play the trailer. This is a trailer for the movie. Uh, this is a trailer for the movie Push. There are some people in this world with extraordinary gifts. We don't ask to be special. We're just born that way. Yes. Some of us. To move objects with our minds. You're a second generation mover. Is that what the kids are calling it these days? Others can make their thoughts your own. Get the hell out of my head! Some can see the future. You're a watcher. Right now, our future isn't that great. But there's a secret organization within our government called Division, trained to track us down and turn us into weapons. There's only one person who's ever escaped from Division. We have to find her. She's the key to bringing them down. With her, we're going to create an army the world's never seen before. I haven't even gotten to the bad part yet. We die. Great. Division's looking for you. We're here to help you. You said the future's always changing, right? What are you going to go do? I'm going to try and make a better one. Sounds like a plan, but what about the part where we die? Not part of the plan. They're here. We want the vision out of Hong Kong just as much as you do. Damn. You need to accept this reality. You all die. You know who doesn't? Me. You're gonna try and get inside my head? Go ahead. See if you can push me before I pull the trigger. You're on Go, go. I don't see why you keep at it. You already know the ending to this story. We're going to change it. There's one reason I really want to see this movie. Dakota Fanning. 
I haven't seen her in anything in ages. She used to be the child star and everything, right? Uh, she's she's grown up though. She definitely has, and this looks like a you know it's it's a, it's a, it's a take on some of a little bit like Heroes. It feels like it feels mm-hmm. like this could be Heroes the movie in a sense. But uh, it's kind of Heroes X Files. I mean, um, yeah, a little X Files. Are uh, mutants maybe maybe a little mutant like uh, like the X Men? Uh, yeah, that's what I was thing. thinking. Of, yeah, it was very much it's very much X Men. Mm-hmm. Um, Came theaters. I said I want to see that movie. Didn't take me enough. It, it wasn't enough for me to go see it in theaters. But this is definitely something that's getting on my Netflix. Okay, and I think it is. I think it's somewhere in my Netflix. It ride. must have came and went because I barely remember it. And yeah. now seeing the trailer, I, I really want to see it now. Yeah, yeah, it's somewhere in there, and all the other viewing that we have to do. But yeah, but it is. It's there. So that's our news for tonight. Okay, I don't think we have anything else. No, that's a lot. Yeah, great. Mm-hmm. And by by the way, all these DVDs you can order through our website, mm-hmm. uh, our our sci-fi store. It's mysci-fi-store.com, and it'll actually it'll it'll be there, you can get a discount uh, by ordering it. And we also it helps us out as a podcast uh, when you order through that store. And I'll tr- I'll make sure that all three of those are listed. And if there's ever a DVD that you want listed there that we don't have listed there, let us know. Mm-hmm. And if there's ever a DVD you want us to review, let us know that as well. Sure. Miles and I will make time for you. Absolutely. Yeah. The LZ Geek Podcast brings you the best from the world of technology. Each week, Dave, Kate, and Keith, the token Canadian, bring you the highlights from the week's technology news, along with great software finds and the best of the web. The geeks are joined by friends of the show who bring their own unique and global perspectives on the world of technology and the way we live in it. Join us each week for the Aussie Geek Podcast. Subscribe today in iTunes or visit us at AussieGeekPodcast.com. The Aussie Geek Podcast. Bloody awesome tech. We have a great interview tonight. We do. Um, my friend... Melissa Lewis, uh, a former coworker of mine, uh, she was uh, kind enough to spend a little time with us and talk about her experience and uh, her review of the latest Harry Potter movie, The Half Blood Prince. Right, mm-hmm. and you know, and she is, by all definitions, uh, a Muggle, uh, a Potterphile, mm-hmm. uh, however you want to talk. Title them. Potterfile sounds bad. It just does. So she's a Muggle. She's a Muggle. Let's say that. And she is a lover. And we say lover, she is extremely a lover of all things Potter, and she gives her review of the new Harry Potter movie and talks mm-hmm. a little bit about how she got into Potter, uh, what draws her to it, and what she liked, what she didn't like about the movie. She spent a good, good 20, 25 minutes with us talking about this stuff. As much as you're into Star Wars, as much as I'm into Trek, she's into Harry Potter. And she's really into a lot of that stuff, too. The whole fantasy. Yeah, so we got to yeah. talk about getting her on the show a little bit more. Right, get her perspective. Yeah. But... All right, we won't hold you up any longer. Here's the interview about uh, with, with Michelle about the Half-Blood Prince. Enjoy. Enjoy. You are, of course, wondering why I brought you here tonight. Actually, sir, after all these years, I just sort of go with it. Take my arm. Harry, I'd like you to meet Professor Horace Slughorn. What you see before you, it's a curious little potion. It does cause powerful infatuation or obsession. I'm in love with her. All right, fine, you're in love with her. Have you ever actually met her? Hmm. Can you introduce me? This year, the past holds a dark secret. 
What you are looking at are memories. This is the most important memory I've collected. Now get out of here at once! It is also a lie. And only he, you're the chosen one, Harry, can unlock the truth. Because she thinks you're the chosen one. But I am the chosen one. Okay, sorry. Um, kidding. From Warner Brothers Pictures. Without this memory, we leave the fate of our world to chance. You must not fail. You need us, Harry. Fight back, you coward! Hello? Hey, Melissa, it's Miles. How you doing? Hi, doing well. How are you? Doing great. Hey, I'm Scott. I'm also here as part of this duo. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so how did Miles rope you into this? That's what I want to know. <laughs> he left me a message on Facebook and just asked if I'd be interested in doing it. And I said, it'd be a new adventure. Why not give it a try? <laughs> awesome. Now, you work at Sight & Sound? Yes. Okay. What do you do at Sight & Sound? At Sight and Sound, I am a stage technician. I help with the sets and props and scenery and that kind of thing. Oh, very, very, very cool. However, Melissa also is an accomplished uh, singer. So, uh, Ooh, really? Uh, so I, I believe you're also you know, aspiring to someday branch out more into that. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Are you in a band? Do what? Are you in a band? Am I in a band? Yes. No. Okay. <laughs> so, Okay. Well, very cool. Well, uh, we, we have you on. We're going to have you on the show here because you are uh, what we called a Potterphile. Is that correct? Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> have you heard of that term thrown around yet? I have. I have not heard of that, but I, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, a, a lover of all things Potter, right? Yes. And uh, so, uh, tell us about your uh, your uh, I guess love affair with Potter. Okay, well, Harry Potter, I was actually introduced by the movies, um, not the books. I was, at first, my cousin had read them and told me about them, but I was a little skeptical of reading them because there was so much um, controversy back and forth as to whether they were something to be read or something to be shunned. And, but I finally went and I saw the first movie and was hooked. Um, it's just a storyline. The characters, you, there's at least one character I think anybody can relate to. Um, and I think that's something, I think that's unique to Harry Potter as the other books. Because some books you can, you have the heroine or the hero, and you can relate somewhat to them. But I think in this, you can relate a little bit to any and every character that she has written into these stories. So they were uh, very human? Is that another way of saying yes. it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, and, th- and then from there, did you actually bridge out and then read the books? I did. I actually, my one of my friends in college owned them, and she was a huge fan. And I told her that I had seen, I think it was the first movies at that point. And so she lent them to me, and I think I probably finished the first four books in probably a month's time, give or take. Yeah, yeah, and those are not thin books. No, Do what? They're, they're not. not thin. They're not thin books. No, they are not. <laughs> the first two, the first two were small, but then they progressively got bigger. <laughs> What's the average amount of pages in a Harry Potter book now? Um, they're probably right around. 
I want to say right around maybe 700. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. So they're they're kind of like the uh, Twilight books. They're, they're also about that long. Have you read yeah. any, Have you read any of the Twilight books? I have read the Twilight books. Yeah, okay. So and are and are you a fan of the Twilight books? I am a fan. I am not as big a fan of Twilight as I am of Harry Potter, but okay. I did enjoy them. <laughs> okay. Um, well, let's go back to Potter here. So, so you got into it. You got into Potter basically because there was a lot of uh, curiosity and discussion about it. Is that right? Yes. And I would say, see, I only read the first Potter book, and I only ever saw the first Potter movie. If I'm going to be honest with you here, and uh, I got into reading the first Potter book because of the controversy that was happening in my church at the time. And I said, yes. I, you know, and I, I'm an English teacher, so I was like, eh, let me see this, you know, let me see if this is really as bad as they say it is. And for me, I understood how people had questions about some of the moral ambiguity, at least in the first one. But mm-hmm. but it was a story. It's like any story that you read, right? I'm yeah, not gonna, I'm not it gonna is. Take, I'm not going to take this as gospel, you know? <laughs> Right. It's if you if you uh, strip it down to the bare bones of it, it's the basic good versus evil, which is really any story. Yeah, and you have and you have characters that are human, make mistakes. Yes. You know, and you know what you know what do you you want that in a story, right? You, excuse me. I said you want that in a story, right? You yes. Know? Yes, <laughs> I do. But okay. Well, so. You you obviously have seen, I've heard rumored, the sixth movie? Yes, I have. And how many times? I've seen it twice. <laughs> <laughs> and is there a third time in the works? Possibly. I want to go see it in the IMAX. <laughs> okay. Got to see it IMAX so, yet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, 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 very cool. Well, tell us about your experience in seeing Potter 6. What were you looking forward to? Did it live up to your expectations? You can kind of take it any direction you want to go. Well, when I went into the sixth movie, I wasn't really expecting anything. I find what best helps for me when I'm going in to see a movie made off of a book that I have fallen for to not go in expecting the book. I think that would be my biggest suggestion to people. Don't go into a movie expecting the book that you read. Because with it being a different genre entirely, like here you have film and then you have literature, like they're two different genres completely. Um, I think if you go into it in that aspect, I don't think you're going to be disappointed. I don't think it's the best film they've put out so far. Um, I think my favorite of the films would be Order of the Phoenix. Um, but I think they did an excellent job with the sixth movie. Um, they, um, the special effects have gotten better in every movie as they've went along, and I think that is say, the same in this movie as well. They're, done, they're very well done. Um, there's a lot of... In the sixth movie, there's a lot of teenage hormones that are going around because they're all now, the main characters are all now supposed to be 16 years old. So they're all discovering the fascinations of the opposite sex. So there's a lot of that. Um, they didn't, they did cut a lot out of the movie that was in the book originally. I felt like they could have left some of it in and cut out some of the stuff they put in. Um, like there were a couple instances and things they added in the movie that were not in the book, whereas they could have left in, um, for example, in the end of the book, there is a battle scene, an action scene in Hogwarts that takes place, and in the movie that it doesn't happen. So, like something like that, I think they could have left that in and cut out other stuff. Um, but otherwise, like the artistic angles and shots they used for um, the film were very well done. Um, I think they put a really good artistic flair in the movie. If you are a film fan, 
and you want to go in looking for camera angles and different shots and techniques, I think they did a good job keeping um, your eyes interested in what was going on and keeping you looking around trying to find out what's going on and what's going on in the background while the um, while the trio is in the foreground going on and having the main story. Um, but yeah, I, I think overall the movie, I would probably, if you're going to give it like out of five stars, I probably would have given it three because it's not the worst movie I've seen, but not the best. Wow. And it's been doing, uh, it's been doing so incredibly well at the box office for him too. Yes. I think it outgrossed, it outgrossed, um, or it out, it outgrossed order of the Phoenix as far as an opening weekend goes. I think it's the yes, best. Yes, I believe that is true. So, but, uh, so it's surprising to hear. What made, uh, in your opinion, what makes it, you know, not up to the caliber of Order of the Phoenix? I mean, you rated that being your top movie, the Potter movies. Why doesn't it rank as high? I think when you saw, or, like, if you see Order of the Phoenix, you see and you have all of this stuff going on and happening, and then... When you come into this book, there's so much information in this book, it would be almost impossible to get it all into a film. Um, but I think they took out a lot of necessary things and added in bits of humor, which I think I can understand why they did, because the dark the books do get progressively darker um, with what's going on. You know, you have um, Voldemort, the villain, coming in, and he's back, and he's, you know, he's he is the definition of evil. So you have all of this wickedness and evil going on around in the world, in the muggle world and in the magical world. So I saw how they were trying to add in a lot of humor. So they added a lot of humor throughout the movie, which was good, but almost, in my opinion, a little overboard. <laughs> hmm. So you felt like it took away from the intent of the book then, maybe the intent of the novel? Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you feel like, like I know the next, the next movie, Deathly Hollows, is part one, part two. Is that going to yes. be, uh, do you feel like um, the Half-Blood Prince would have benefited from being made into a two-parter? I think it probably would have done a little bit better. Um, I'm not entirely sure if they would have had quite enough to make two full movies out of it. Hmm. Um, like, there is a lot of stuff going on, but I don't know. I would almost be afraid if they were to do it into two movies that they would um, they would put extra stuff in there again that's not needed and become more pointless than helpful. Uh, maybe it would drag on a little bit then too. Yeah, that's yeah. True. Um, wow. Well, uh, have you been to any more um, uh, midnight? Um, what's the right word? I remember a couple of years ago, you, you and some friends from Sight and Sound went to. Uh, Barnes and Noble for her the midnight debut of the book, and I, you, yes. you got all dressed up and everything. Has there been any more that like that uh, since since that time? Um, we were talking about doing that for the movie premiere for this uh, book, but things happened and it didn't actually work as planned. Um, but we are hoping to get a group together um, just for that go dress up and go to the, probably the next movie premiere. Oh, cool! Well, you have two movies to do that yet. It's true. <laughs> now, now, when you go, what do you dress up as? I usually go as Molly Weasley. Molly, and where does she fit into the Potter universe? She is the mother of Harry Potter's best friend, Ron Weasley. Okay. Um, she's very much one of the only, probably the only mother figure that Harry really has um, from the point that him and Ron meet in book one till the end of the series. Hmm. Uh so, and is this something that you, uh, did you connect with that mother figure then as a character? 
Yeah, I I love her to death. I think she she is very much the symbolism of a a very well meaning and tentative mother. Like she's just she's very sweet. She's very much concerned, and you can see in the sixth movie how her demeanor starts to change a little bit from um, just being concerned to worry. Like she's really starting like her her health starts declining because she is just so concerned about what's going to happen to her family. Um, her family is first and foremost to her. And she does kind of, she tells everybody that Harry is just as good as her son. Um, so she kind of does adopt Harry as her own already having, I think she already has six kids, um, all boys and one girl. And um, so she's just, she is very much this selfless person in the books and in the movies. And I just enjoy her. She adds humor to it, but yet she adds that point of comfort that you can always go to, hmm. if that makes sense. Like, you will always find that in a mom. You know, you go to dad for fun, but you go to mom for comfort. And I think she's kind of that point for a lot of the characters because being the mother of Harry Potter's best friend and is, you know, the mother figure to Harry Potter himself. Hmm. So I enjoy that about her. Do you find in the, that the movies now, um, are they taking a more darker tone because the books are progressively getting more dark now too? Are they becoming like a little more um, adult maybe? I think the books grow with the characters, um, which I also found a very unique factor about the series that I did really enjoy. Um, because you, when you start out in the series, Harry Potter is 11 years old. And by the time you finish the series, he's 17. Um, and I think the reading goes with their age. I think it progresses and becomes, with his age, becomes that level of reading that the people that are his age would enjoy reading. Instead of having a 17-year-old reading a book meant for an 11-year-old, you know, whereas you can grow up with these books and the books grow with the characters, which I think a really cool aspect of the books. Now, what what year was the first Harry Potter book written? Was that like in 2000, 2001? Is that correct? I want to say that's, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's pretty close. Yeah, because, you know, so for the past 10 years, almost 10 years, you've had people that have gone into these books and have kind of grown up. And so if if people, you know, are reading these at 13, 14-year-olds, olds, the, uh, the movies now, the people that are really into them that are going to see them, these are people in their 20s, maybe in their 30s that are kind of, the crowd seems to be older a little bit. Yes. And so that, yeah. that seems to fit the the darkness of the franchise. Plus, it makes sense that you start off a little bit more happy-go-lucky and get into the darker themes as you grow up because, you know, Harry's losing his innocence every book a mm-hmm. little bit more, a little bit more. Yes. You said something interesting, though, that the last movie, though, had to add some humor to, I guess – I guess watered down um, in some sense uh, the the, to- the dark tone of this movie uh, is that an attempt or or uh, a means to try to make sure to keep them family friendly to bring the the, the little kids in? You think? I would say that's probably part of it. Like I, it's probably a lot of a director's choice um, with something like that. Um, I enjoy the humor. I really do. I think it's good to have, and it's good to realize that even in the darkest of times that, you know, you still do have reasons to smile. You do have reasons to go on, you know, and it's these reasons that make you smile that are worth fighting for. And I think that may be another factor to it. I'm sure there are many more, but in my opinion, that's 
you know, that's kind of how I feel coming at the movie. Now, uh, so is this a pro is this movie appropriate for, you know, your 12, 13 year olds? I think it would depend on the 12 and 13 year olds. Oh, like, okay. I mean, any person's going to be different. Um, like if you have a 12 year old, that's a little more mature than a normal 12 year old, I would say by all means, it would be okay with it. But mm-hmm. if you have one that's not necessarily, um, ready for it. I mean, I think it's just really discernment on your part as to whether or not you want to allow your child to watch or read the book. I think give it, give it a chance. I think at least try it once. Um, my biggest thing is people writing it off without ever even opening a book. Um, I found a lot of people when I was telling people I was a fan telling me that I shouldn't be reading it and all the stuff. And I asked them, I'm like, well, give me reasons. And they're like, well, this person said, and this person said, and I'm like, but I want your opinion. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I think that's a big thing. Like you have to make sure that you have your opinion. Right. I mean, it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. You know, not everybody is going to enjoy a fantasy about, you know, this school where kids go to learn magic. Um, but you know, it's just a fun film. It's, it's a fun book. It's a fun series. It's entertainment. And yet it does at the end of the series teach you it's good versus evil. Like I said before, you strip it down to the bare minimum and that's what it is. It's like, um, I think Dumbledore says in one of the books, there's a line, um, it says, um, troubled times are ahead, Harry. And, you know, we're going to have to decide between what's right and what's easy. And I think that's a big theme in the book. You know, are you going to choose what's right? Or are you going to take the easy road? And I think there are a lot of things in there that, you know, you can teach your children, hey, look at this, you know. And, you know, a lot in the books are very, very encouraging, very edifying, very uplifting. Yeah. So, yeah. So I just, I think that's a great thing about the series. You know, and I agree with you. When I, when I first, when the Harry Potter first came out, um, I remember people, you know, downing it right and left, especially in the more uh, conservative uh, circles uh, and and I and I made I was determined to read it first before I made my judgment on it and and I really too have a problem with people that'll will take a book and and say well our kids shouldn't be reading this and they really haven't read it firsthand haven't mm-hmm. delved into it haven't seen the movies firsthand and uh, you know really to to pass judgment on that and I think the second second thing I had a problem with is you know. If you give your kid a book like this to read without reading it as a parent, I think the parent's somewhat at fault for that, you know, because yes. there's, no, there's no guidance in that as well. But yeah, uh, whatever. Anyways, what are you looking forward to? Uh, so we have this. So, you know, Harry Potter's come out. It's been out, what, about a week, a little over a week at this point. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, the next movie, the next two movies, what are you looking forward to? What are you hoping for? What are you anticipating in the Deathly Hollows part one and part two? Um, I think I'm just, I'm ready for more classic Harry Potter entertainment. I mean, like I said, you know, I just go into these not expecting a whole lot um, because I don't want to go in and expect the book to be perfectly put. I don't think that's possible in any book to be able to put a book exactly as it is onto a screen. I think that's, um, part of the wonder and part of the fascination of reading itself. You know, you're never going to get it fully on screen. Um, But I am excited to see how they are going to take the story that so many people have fallen in love with and visualize it that people can look at it on a screen. I'm excited to see um, the development of the characters. Um, One of the things I've loved is 
growing up with the movies as well, you've grown up with these kids that have been portraying these three characters that so many people have, you know, just fallen head over heels for. And you've watched them grow in each film, you know, so it's kind of like you've grown up with them too. And I think their abilities and their talent and stuff have grown in each film. And I'm excited to see how they're going to continue to expand the actors and the child actors and all that in the next films. I'm very excited to see um, how they're going to do that. Hmm. Well, for the sake of our listeners who may have not uh, picked up a Harry Potter book yet, how many, how many books so far in there, are there in the series? Excuse me? How, how many uh, Harry Potter books have been put out so far? There are seven. Seven so far. Okay. And there'll be eight movies by the end. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So the last, the last movie we made into a two-part movie. Mm-hmm. So at least you have the next two years to look forward to Harry Potter. Yes. Um, yeah. What are you, you going to do when uh, the last Harry Potter film has been shown and released? After the last one? Yeah. Um, I, I think these are books that I can definitely pick up again and again. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've read the first few twice. Okay. Uh, I'm in the process of trying to read the other ones. Like, um, book six, I think it might have had an effect when I did see the movie. I haven't read the book since it was first released. So I hadn't remembered a lot of it. So I went into it kind of not fresh, but not as um, expecting as someone who had, would have just read the book. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like I can go back and read it now and be like, oh, I wish they'd put that in there. Or, right. oh, yeah, okay, they added that, that kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, I think this is some, definitely a series, movies and books-wise, that you can pick up and just watch again and again. Yeah, that's why I was going to ask you, do the, movie, do the movies have the same watchability that the books have with the readability as far as going back to them again and again? And, and your opinion is yes? I think most of them, yeah. I I think the movies did progressively get better, um, but I think like movie five, I think, has definitely been my favorite so far, and I think that's going to stick true. Whereas the sixth book was my favorite book, oh. so oh. and maybe yeah. and that may be another reason why uh, you scored it a three instead of a five, just on the sake that you uh, loved the sixth book so much. Yeah. Yeah. So it had a, the movie had a lot to live up to. But, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, do, do you? Uh, I guess one last question here before we uh, wrap up this interview. Do you consider yourself a muggle? Do I consider myself a muggle? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I would have to yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I love the magical world, and you know, there. I think there's a part in everybody that's like, oh, I wish this was real. You know, and I wish I could, you know, go to London and find Diagon Alley and all this other stuff and be able to be like, oh, this is awesome, you know. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I think that's a big thing, too. You have to be able to understand how to put the book down as a book. Mm. So I I think in that aspect, yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, definitely. And you have that, you know, with someone that likes any genre or any uh, style of fiction, you have that with, of course, Lord of the Ring fans. Uh, Star, yep. Star Trek, Star Wars fans, you, you know, people that get into the genre. and uh, But at the end of the day, they're still living the real life and, you know, they have to live that. Yeah. and But, you know, there's a part in everybody that's like, oh, I wish this was real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, is there anything any, anything else you want to say about uh, Harry Potter 6 before we wrap up? Um, I think that's about it. I think I hit everything we, we, if we, I didn't. We, well, good. Well, thank you so much for for sitting in this interview with us. Yeah, thank you for your. Oh, your no time problem. For this. 
Yeah, we're probably gonna we're probably gonna air this uh, next week's episode because we have this week's episode kind of packed, but we'll make it a Harry Potter week next week. All right. And so, and uh, we'll let you know. Miles will let you know when that's out, so you can listen to yourself talk if you want to. Oh, excellent! <laughs> so, so, cool. Well, are are you into any other sci- any other fantasy or science fiction besides Harry Potter? Oh yeah, I'm a huge fantasy fan. Um, like I don't know. Like I've I have a hard time um, picking stuff. I love um, I don't necessarily fantasy, but I love like Robin Hood, like different takes on Robin Hood. Okay. Um, so I love that kind of thing. I'm a big. Um, I'm not gonna say I'm a huge, but I I do enjoy Star Wars and Star Trek. I love the Star Trek movie. Okay. Um. So, but yeah, like I'm I'm into fantasy and. Uh, a little bit of science fiction, more fantasy than science fiction, but I enjoy both of them. Hmm. Well, good. Well, maybe we'll have to have you on the show again if you want to. Definitely. Anytime. <laughs> okay, great. Well, thanks so much for coming. Yes, thanks, Mel. Appreciate it. Oh, no yeah. problem. All right. Uh, you have a good evening. Talk to you later. Thanks. You too. All right. Bye. Good night. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to our show tonight. We were just, uh, we had an incredible time here just uh, talking about Potter, mm-hmm. sharing with you some of the news. Anyways, if you want more about what we're doing and find out more about us and find out more about the things we're involved in, get more from the show notes because we don't give you near all the information that's in our show notes uh, in the show itself. It would be a two-hour show if we did that. Right. Um, if you want more, you can go to our website at, where's it at? We are uh Sci-fi diner dot um, uh, Yeah, it's sci-fi. actually sci-fi dash diner. Sci-fi dash diner, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, sci-fi diner was taken, uh, but you know whatever. Sci-fi dash diner dot com and uh, great. And uh, by the way, we would love to hear your thoughts on the show. Love to hear your thoughts on the shows you're watching. We have a forums, and you can access that through our main page on that website as well. The sci-fi dash diner dot com. Tell us what you're watching yep. and. Yep, and uh, we'll talk about it. We want to hear from you, and we'll talk about what you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Right now, hey, if you don't speak to us, we're just going to continue talking about what we want to talk about. But, right. but we do really want to hear from you. We want to hear your input into the show as well as far as the things you want to hear. And uh, promos, if you are another podcaster and you're listening to the show and you want to get your show, give your show a little bit of uh, promotion, as long as it's related to sci-fi fantasy, uh, let us know, and we'll play it. Mm-hmm. We'll play it, definitely. Go ahead, next. Yeah. Um, uh, you can contact us anytime on Twitter. Um, Absolutely. Um, I am Son of Warf at Twitter. And I am Herzog, H-E-R-T-Z-O-G, at Twitter. Uh, we mentioned the store earlier in the podcast, but if you want books, 
Uh, if you want movies off TV, uh, t- television shows, or regular movies uh, on DVD, you can order them through our Amazon store, mysci-fi-store.com. And there's a good chance you will find some savings by ordering. Well, you will definitely get some savings on that as well. Uh, we have an email, zogpod at gmail.com, that you can contact us with. And our phone number that we mentioned before, one eight eight one eight 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 five zero eight four three four three. I got it, Miles. I have it memorized. Good for you. Good with that. Well, that's it. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We'll see you next week. Till next time, good night and good luck. pleasure just to watch the show develop and just to see how it all yeah. all unfolds yeah. in that way. So. Yeah. It got stronger as the series went on. I oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Everyone agrees, like, man on the street just brought it, and then it kept going. You know, it yeah. took off. Although there. I did like Human Target. Oh, that was crazy. Was were, you, were you in that episode? I don't I remember. I had, like, a tiny, tiny part with the yeah. Enberry Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's ba- I'm an English teacher, and so we, oh. I teach a short story it's based on. Oh, there you go. The most dangerous game, and so it was really cool to just kind of see that whole whole thing happened but uh, so tell us a little bit what are your hopes for Melly or I forget the real name of your Madeline. character Madeline thank you <laughs> uh, what's, what, what are your hopes for Madeline in the upcoming season I have no idea no idea I have no idea what's waiting for us all I know is that Joss and somebody else told me that 
they're psyched about it. Yes. So and, that's you know, not, that's so enough to psych you, right? right? <laughs> exactly. Is your character going to end up with Tamil Pennekis character maybe? My my feeling is that it is again, and I think that it, it will still be interesting because now they have to find each other and fall in love all over again. Right. Now it's going to be a real relationship, right. hopefully. Yeah. You know, I mean, people have said maybe I wasn't ever really deactivated that they were just messing with Paul's right. head, so that could be one. Right. Um, but if she really was released as Madeline, I think you know a couple of things could happen. Tomo could try to find her in the real world, and they develop a relationship of some kind, you know, whether it's romantic or him trying to get her to help him bring down the dollhouse from the outside. Um, you know, I, I think if, if she was released, there's a chance that she may not be able to handle being in the real world still. The whole reason she volunteered is she can't be around it. She doesn't want to be reminded of her loss. She hasn't been in the dollhouse that long, I don't think. I mean, her contract was up early because Paul right. intervened, right? So what, less than five years, they said. Yeah, exactly. So there may even be that sense of, you know, subconscious unfulfillment in her that's like, I really still don't want to be here. Can I come back? You know? So you the know? dollhouse is her escape? Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, everybody has one, right? Right. <laughs> what was it like working with um, Tomo? Yeah, Tomo. Tomo. Tomo Pennekin. Because, I mean, we're familiar with him from Battlestar, actually. Right, right. Yeah. Um, For and, the uh, record, I did not watch a frame of Battlestar before. <laughs> Don't tell Joss. <laughs> um, Tomo knows, I told him. Because, you know, I, I, I got the part and I saw who he was. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting name. And Because we all do, which is crazy. Like, the craziest name. Oh, I know. I, there, there were interviews yeah. talking about how interesting the names are for the show. Exactly. Every single person, I think. Um <laughs> You know, so I didn't know who he was, and I looked up, and I was like, oh, okay, cool, you know, whatever. And then I told some girlfriends that actually watched the show, and they were like, what? Donald Pennington? I'm like, Hilo, I love Hilo, right? Okay, cool. Isn't that the video game? But it's, you know, not Hilo. No. <laughs> That's funny. So, <laughs> so, I got to meet him, I think, the day before we had our first kissing scene for like five seconds. <laughs> and then the next day we had to do the Chinese food scene, the sex scene, and then the big fight scene. Right. So it was a lot. It was a lot <laughs> to when you first meet somebody. But you know what? He is um, completely professional, a total gentleman, absolutely sweet and gentle and patient and kind and uh, and good, you know, and he he just he loves it too, you know, and I think both of us coming at it from that perspective of we love our job. What great stories we get to tell. And we both love our characters' relationship. And every day getting to just bring something else and, and fight for whatever the scene was. So he's a, he's an absolute dream and gentleman. And, and I could not have asked for a better partner this season. Absolutely. What's it like switching out of your doll persona mm -hmm. into that little clip you have with him in his room where you suddenly reveal that you're part of the dollhouse to him? Yeah, I mean, you have you have quite a shift that, there. That was maybe the hardest day of shooting, <laughs> believe it or not. Because, it, you know, like the first time I did the doll, when I thought about it, I was like, oh, this will be easy. But it's not at all. It's awkward. So, like, show up and just kind of be child, like an innocent... You know, just right. blank, but not. It's it's a very interesting thing to try to approach because you've never done it before. Um, but I think we all found our own way. You know, Enver is uh, who plays Victor is extremely childlike, and that's very sweet. I think yes. he is a great doll. Deejan is completely blank and innocent. You know, like totally. And I do have that little more, you know, like kind of hopeful, you know, whatever thing coming through. So that was challenging in some way. When I had to reveal to, to Paul that I was a doll and do the message. 
that's November, but not really, because you really have been programmed, and that's, I think, the most right. robotic I had to be, and it's just exposition, right. you know, it, it wasn't, I don't have a feeling about what I'm saying either way, and that is hard, you know, because, <laughs> I mean, you guys yeah. are about ready to do it, and, uh, right, exactly, yeah. so it's like the, you got turned to a computer, it's like switch, right. boom, yeah, exactly, that was, that was definitely a challenging day, you know, because, like I said, you just, you have no feeling about it, you don't care either way, You're completely apathetic, and, or just not even that, but neutral, and have to just deliver, just be the voice box, and I think that was weird. <laughs> well, and for him, it had to be difficult because at one point he's thinking something about you, and all suddenly he's thinking something else about you. <laughs> he broke my heart that day. That actually was what made it so hard, is because I have to be just, hi, I don't exist. What do you think about that? And <laughs> yeah. not care either way. And I'm looking at his face, and he's completely brokenhearted. And I'm like, <laughs> one second I was just like, Jesus, how about it? You know, like, you're killing me over here. It was horrible because I couldn't react at all. Right, I was right. Just, you know, in, in scenes as an actor, you affect one another. That's the right. point. That's your job. And so he was affecting the crap out of me, and I'm just like, that's nice. <laughs> you know, yeah, nice. Him, so, oh yeah. man. So it was, it was a, a crazy scene. Yeah. Just a couple more questions, yeah. and I know you need to go. No, What's it like working on the set of Dollhouse? I mean, like it's a, a physical set. It is a so beautiful set. I mean, we see it, and it's gorgeous. It put a lot of time and effort into yeah, that. Yeah. What's it like being there? Uh, the main Dollhouse that we see, the big, big, big one, uh, is gorgeous, gorgeous, overwhelming, beautiful, so interesting, and they it's completely functional and laid out exactly how you see it. There's no, like, pieces rolling in and out. It is what it is. The massage tables are that. Dr. Sonner's office is here. The gym is here. The little cove underneath. The eating area. The art center. It's just... Is your bedroom there to the little little slot you lie in? The bedroom is, is a separate... Separate set. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, um, but that whole scape is completely functional and beautiful. And everybody, every single one of us has said, oh, I could totally live here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know? Well, it's so you serene and peaceful yeah. most times. Yeah. <laughs> As what? Reminds me of a hell spot. Exactly. And that's, that's what Joss was going for. And, um, and Topher's office, I love. There are toys all over the place. It's so cute. It's so happy. The imprint room with the chair. The day I got to go and shoot there for the first time, I was ecstatic, you know, because I'd heard about it, I'd read about it, but I've been, you know, in the hallway or his apartment, you know, for like right. however many episodes. Right. I'm like, oh, I'm maybe this is all This is awesome. So really fun. I love the sleeping pods. They're insanely comfortable for anyone who's wondering. Right. So much so that I fell asleep once. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy comfort. Absolutely. Well, probably the result of long shooting days, too, and it's easy to fall asleep in those pods. How long is a shooting day? Um, 10 on average, maybe longer. Yeah, yeah. That's not terrible, though, I mean, compared to 16, 15, 18-hour shooting days. I mean, on, honestly, like, the grand scheme, I think the crew... You know, works their butt off. They're there easily 14 hours because they have right. to set up and get there before everybody right. else, wrap everything up. Yeah, so they, they can definitely be long. Yeah. <laughs> now, go ahead. But it's, no, I was just going to say it doesn't even matter. To someone like me who this is all I've ever wanted to do, you could ask me to work 24 hours straight. I'd be like, no problem, absolutely. What do you want? <laughs> uh, you can do it for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's fun, and I think a lot of us don't mind longer days. It's, 
because we all know that we're working for something good and really, really interesting, and it's fun, and everybody does get along. You asked if we're friends, and yes, you know, I I stayed really close with uh, quite a few members of the, the crew and the cast, and it's just, we all knew it was great and special, and I can't wait to go play some more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, one of our listeners had asked a question in the fight scene. We're going back to that. That's okay. Um, the stunt. All you? No, we definitely had a stunt person. Yeah, yeah. We, we shot the whole thing with me. So I did everything that you saw, minus uh, hitting my leg on the coffee table. That was that was the poor stunt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> she was a rock star, though. She was great. So, we, yeah, like, she shot the whole scene, and then I shot the whole scene. Yeah. But a, a, most of the... Uh, the abusive part when he's attacking me a lot you know you see my face a lot so a lot of it is me she did the bigger brunt stuff just for safety purposes because she's oh, yeah. professional and I'm not right <laughs> um, with a lot of the crazy ninja skills yeah that was me a lot of it yeah yeah, nice, <laughs> yeah. Nice, yeah it was nice. good fun um, the DVD is yeah. released what? July 28th so are you yeah. counting down? Yeah. 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 I, I can't wait because I loved the original pilot when I read it. Um, the one that they shot. And so I can't wait to see what that looked like. And then Is it, it going to have the original pilot on yeah. that they didn't include? Yeah. Wow. See, that's lost a lot of hype because of Epitaph 1. But that was the original deal for the DVD. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about Epitaph 1. So we get, in a sense, two new episodes. Yes. In a sense. Yes. Wow, I, I hope I'm that. not making that up. But I right. really think that that's true. You heard it here. <laughs> Miracle said it. Exactly. It has to be Fox true. Fox yeah. yeah, right. Um, no, I, I'm pretty sure that that's right. And then... Um, I'm excited about the DVD extras, mostly because I think I'm going to be a part of them, and that's really exciting. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's great. Because they did the interviews with the cast, so I'm sure I'll be part of that. And then uh, Tomo and I had a couple goofy moments, and I'm pretty sure we're going to make so it. So we have we'll the trees with the outtakes. Yeah. Uh, or not outtakes, but just, like, silliness off okay. on the side. <laughs> Any major bloopers happen? <laughs> not... I, not that I think that they're going to include, you know, okay. there's just, there's always some silliness, or, I mean, <laughs> the scene when I'm uh, deciding to break up with him and go back to my mom's for five minutes, you know, and I'm right. in the hallway, and I say, Debbie might crash you sometimes, I think the second take I said, Becca might crash you sometimes, and it's like, I don't even know what Becca, where did that come from, you know, so there's yeah, just random it's like, where did my head go, you know, so, uh. um, yeah, so we'll see. I have no idea. I just, I want to see that. So that's fun. Yeah. Now, the second season of Dollhouse begins shooting when? Late July, later this month. Uh, most ever, I mean, the writers and the staff are all there getting oh, ready, yeah. you know. But, um, but we get to come back later this month. And um, I don't think I'm in the first episode. Um, I'm at, like, two or three. So I'll, I'll, I'll be coming back to work in August. Right after your birthday. Right, right? after my birthday. Yeah. August 1st. Yeah, wow. Thank you. Happy birthday, birthday in advance. Happy <laughs> birthday you. in advance for that. Thank you. But, uh, well, very cool. Well, thank you so much My for sitting pleasure. down and chatting with yeah. us here yeah, a little bit.
Well, we hope you enjoyed your stay with Miracle Lari and her interview. Don't forget, at the top of the show, we gave you a trivia question that you can win a, an autographed picture of her on the dollhouse for you to take with you. We'll send it to you. you got to answer the trivia question correctly. As always, you can find out more about the Sci-Fi Diner at sci-fi-diner.com. And if you have comments or questions or suggestions for us, you can always email us at zogpod at gmail.com. Uh, you can also call, you can always call into the show as well to leave your comments at 1-888-508-4343. Follow us on Twitter, H-E-R-T-Z-O-G for me and... I am uh, Son of Wharf on Twitter. And as well on Trek Space as well. Mm-hmm. So... Thanks so much for sticking out with us on this long episode, our 25th silver anniversary episode of Dining at the End of the Universe, now the Sci-Fi Diner. Hope you enjoyed the show. We look forward to seeing you next week when we talk about things Potter. Until then, uh, wherever you are, good night and good luck. Okay, let's see. I wanted to pick up Fringe Season 1 in Dollhouse. So here I am at Cards and Bobble. Should be able to pick up both of these easily. I'm guessing for around seventy bucks, right? So uh, let me see. Back in the past book section, who reads books anymore? Okay, um, into the DVD section. Oh no, FFFF Fringe. Okay, season one. Sixty dollars? You got to be kidding me! My wife only gives me allowance of seventy-five dollars. There's no way I'm going to be able to pick up Fringe. Well, what's Dollhouse? $50 for Dollhouse? It's only half a season. 13 episodes. Give me a break. I'm not going to get... I can't get any of these. I get one, but I want both. <sighs> Wait a minute. What's that? Uh, hello? You mean I can get both of these? For $70? Where, now, where's that? MySciFiStore.com MySciFiStore.com It enables me to get both of these for 70 bucks. I'm going there. Screw cards and bobble. I'm out of here. MySciFiStore.com Saving you money from here to the end of the universe.